the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining us on warm and toasty, lovely Thursday morning, the 31st and final morning of the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2019. Really appreciate you being with us. Yeah, nice and warm and toasty. Are, are, are kids off school again today? What's wrong with this generation, softies? No, in all seriousness, um, there's a kind of a, a battle, a war of words over that between uh, the governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevan, and NBC uh, weather guy, uh, Al Roker, a longtime weather guy, of course, who's um, who got his start in Cleveland. I wonder how many people under the age of 35 know that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Al Roker, because uh, Governor Bevan basically said, man, our, our, our country is getting soft. How come we can't send these kids to school? And Al Roker called him a nitwit on live television. Suggesting that there's no way kids should be able to uh, should be forced to go to school in these temperatures. I gotta tell you, and I know I might anger some people with this. In all seriousness, and I'm not going to spend the show on this because we got abortion discussions to have. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, come on, uh, back in the day, and I don't want to be that guy. I didn't march to school ten miles each way, uphill both ways. Um, uh, in the snow with bare feet, okay? I'm not being that old guy, not get-off-my-lawn guy. But in all seriousness, you do recall it wasn't that long ago when schools only closed when? When the buses couldn't get through, when there was too much ice or too much snow that the buses couldn't travel safely. That meant cars couldn't travel safe, travel safely, so therefore we had to call off school. But there's no snow. And there's very little ice on the roads over these last two days. It's just been really, really cold. Buses have heaters, so do cars. And last time I checked, classes aren't being held outside. Bundle up, get on the bus, bundle up, get in the car, and get your butt to school. No, nobody should be walking to school in these conditions. I would agree with that. But get to school. I mean, honestly, this is just one of those things. And I'll be honest with you about the rest of it, too. Government offices that are closed, businesses that are closed, it's cold. That's it. Just, just, just cold. That's what. That's what we're, 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 we're in northern Ohio. We're, we're kind of used to that. Uh, it's just goofy to me. Goofy to me. I know a lot of people yell about that. Here's the other thing too. People say, "Well, it's too cold for my kid to stand at the bus stop." Do you know I don't see kids standing at bus stops anymore? You know what I do see, and it drives me just bananas. What I do see is I see kids, or excuse me, parents sitting in their running cars at bus stops waiting for the kid to get out of their car and onto the bus. And it's always driven me just bonkers. If you've got a car and it's running and you're sitting at a bus stop with your kid in it, drive your kid to school. You've got time to sit there and wait. You could have been to the school and back probably by now. Take your kid to school for crying out loud. Uh, just a little tangent here. I'm getting off on a rant to start the show, and I don't mean to, but I'm just, you know, it's polar vortexy and it's super cold and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I get it, but my goodness gracious, Matt Bevin, the governor of Kentucky, taking a lot of heat, no pun intended, 
Uh, he's taken a lot of heat and a lot of criticism by Al Roker and others for suggesting that we are getting soft as a nation. I happen to concur. All right. I uh, really apologize as we get started this morning for uh, the continued topic of abortion. You know, abortion as a general rule is is not good talk radio. All right? I've been in talk radio now for 21 years, and I have really tried not to spend a ton of time talking about abortion because it's obviously a very, very touchy subject. It's a very, very divisive subject. It's one that generates a lot of anger. It generates a lot of emotion, a lot of passion. And and usually, you know, one side is not going to convince the other side. So it's not usually good talk radio. I feel, however, compelled to address this yet again today, as I did yesterday and as I did on Tuesday, because of the extreme abortion positions being taken by the Democrat Party. We saw what happened in New York last week with Governor Andrew Cuomo signing the most unbelievably horrific abortion bill uh, that one can possibly imagine, allowing women to say, because of my health, and that can mean mental health, I'm stressed, I'm depressed, take the baby, I don't want it. All the way up to the moment of birth, right? That was the worst abortion bill anybody could imagine, signed by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Well, down in Virginia, Governor Ralph Northam said, Hey, Andy, hold my beer. I'll see your abortion up to the moment of birth, and I'll raise you abortion post-birth. And we cannot let this go unanswered. We cannot let this go unchallenged. If you think I'm being hyperbolic about this, if you think I'm exaggerating this for effect, I'm not. The governor of the state of Virginia, Democrat Ralph Northam, just told Andrew Cuomo, your abortion bill is kind compared to what we want to put in place in my state. You want to be able to kill them all the way up to birth? I say after they're born. Then the doctor and the mother, if we can use that word, the woman, can have a discussion about whether or not that baby should be allowed to live or whether we should kill it outside the mom. It was on a radio show, Governor Ralph Northam was in Virginia, that this uh, shocking statement heard round the world came out. When Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I will tell you one uh, first thing I would say this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that, that are involved. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done. Uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. 
So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. There's not a single person in the world that supports Let me stop that. I'll pause here just a moment so that you can rub your arms and uh, try to try to stop your skin from crawling. You heard it correctly. He didn't say it in a scream of anger where you can dismiss his comments as being rage-driven and thus not well thought out. It wasn't in the heat of an argument. This was the governor in a measured carefully word-chosen statement saying that if a mother in the course of wanting a third trimester last-second abortion accidentally delivers the baby I'm sorry he didn't use the word baby but he also didn't use the word fetus if you'll notice the governor of Virginia said infant if the baby or the infant is born. We will keep the infant comfortable while the doctor and the mother, or the would-be mother, discuss whether or not the woman wants the child to be able to live. And if she says, nah, I'm good, we kill the child, or we allow the child to die without care. That was a measured, well-thought-out and planned statement by the governor of the state of Virginia. And he made the statement without apology. Again, skin crawling on millions and millions of people. He didn't say, he didn't say fetus. He said infant. And when you knowingly kill an infant, what are you committing? You are committing infanticide. This isn't just theory. This isn't just the perception that one might have versus another. Pro-lifers perceive life to have begun at the moment of conception. And thus, killing babies in the womb at any stage of gestation is considered murder. Pro-choicers, pro-abortionists, pro-death-before-birth people do not believe it's a baby. They consider it a woman's health condition. And the woman can choose to, to do whatever she wants with her body. This isn't that argument. This is no longer pre-birth. We're talking post-birth. Forget about your namby-pamby, ah, we can abort all the way up to the moment of, of delivery. This is after delivery, post-delivery. Deciding whether or not to let the baby live or die. It should be noted that the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, in addition to being a Democrat, which I do say disgustedly, he's also a pediatric neurosurgeon. Or no, I'm saying not neurosurgeon, neurologist. He cares for children for a living. At least he did before he became a Democrat politician. 
and got caught up in the wave that is sweeping that party from one end of this country to the other now, which is to try to go as far left and extreme on abortion in the third trimester to please their bloodlust, thirst, bloodthirsty base, go as extremely to the left on abortion as they possibly can in the third trimester, so as to make first and second trimester abortions look tame by comparison. We will let people get outraged over the thought of babies being born alive and then being allowed to die, or babies uh, uh, being uh, uh, executed on their way out of the birth canal by way of partial birth abortions. We'll let people get so outraged and disgusted by that, and then we'll say, okay, we won't allow that. Uh, we'll stop it at, uh, at 24 weeks, six months. Then people will feel, feel better about that. Okay. Well, if you kill that baby when it's when it's only six months of gestation instead of nine, well, that's better. They're trying to make the murder of babies in utero more tame by comparison, by making the most extreme examples widespread throughout this country. New York, now Virginia, Rhode Island is moving on this, Massachusetts is moving on this, Illinois is moving on this. What do all of those states have in common? Far left Democrat leadership. This cannot go unanswered. This cannot be allowed. This must be responded to. And we must defend and protect life. Again, I'm sorry if this sounds preachy, and I'm sorry if this is a team. All right, it is 925, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Abby Johnson, as mentioned, is going to be my second guest of the morning. She'll be coming on at about 10.08 to talk about uh, what happened in Virginia yesterday, the statement made by the governor, who, by the way, is trying to walk all of that back. I'll come back to that in a moment. My first guest, however, is coming up after the bottom of the hour news, and it's going to be the chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, Rob Frost, talking about a couple of things, including the Lincoln Day dinner that is coming up uh, in uh, February, and also uh, going to talk about the keynote speaker, um, uh, Senator Rob Portman, because Senator Portman is joining a lot of other Republicans in doing whatever it takes to back President Trump to limit and, if not stop, illegal immigration into this country uh, by building a border barrier and more. Uh, so we're going to talk to Rob Frost about that uh, coming up. But I really, really want to make sure to shine a spotlight on the Lincoln uh, Dinner. If you've never been to a Lincoln Day Dinner, you don't know what you're missing. It's really a fantastic event to be surrounded by like-minded people, uh, really laying out a very enthusiastic and uh, and, and sincere agenda and path forward for the party, which, of course, is for the country. And that's exactly what this is all about. So I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, with Rob Frost coming up here in about, uh, we'll call it eight minutes. I want to give you a little uh, follow-up now on uh, Governor Ralph Northam, again, who is a pediatric neurologist who decided that um, it's okay to let babies die rather than provide them care. First of all, has this doctor turned governor ever even read the Hippocratic Oath? Has he ever even read the Hippocratic Oath? How can any physician actually advocate allowing uh, a, a patient to die? Allowing a living, breathing human being to die without doing anything and everything that he or she can to, to save that patient's life? 
But that is what this pediatric neurologist suggested, didn't suggest, stated flat out uh, in his comments to that Virginia radio station yesterday. He is responding to the criticism that he is getting from all corners of decency with a tweet. He tweeted last night, I have devoted my life to caring for children, and any insinuation otherwise is shameful and disgusting. I have devoted my life, he said, to caring for children, and any insinuation otherwise is shameful and disgusting. This is what the governor of Virginia tweeted after saying this. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. That's a lie, by the way. The language of the Virginia law that he was espousing and promoting and supporting absolutely does not require more than one physician. In fact, it reduces existing law from three physicians to one who has to agree with the mother that, yes, her health is in danger now. Her mental health, if nothing else. Um, And it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities. There may be a a fetus that's non-viable. Not even close to being applicable. Every doctor that has spoken on this has confirmed if there are uh, uh, abnormalities, if there are chromosomal abnormalities or anything else, those are detectable far in advance of the third trimester. Nice try. And I won't even get into the obvious, that just because there are fetal abnormalities, that the baby must be executed. As if to say Down's children or any others are not are not worth living. Their lives are not worth living if they are not 100% perfect as we come to know perfection in a child. But please continue, Dr. Mengele. I mean, Dr. Northam. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, The infant would be delivered. Uh, The infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, The infant would be resuscitated if if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between a discussion would ensue. And if the mother desired to allow the baby to have life, then we would act appropriately. If she decided the baby should not have life, we would allow it to die or we would kill it. Quote, I have devoted my life to caring for children, and any insinuation otherwise is shameful and disgusting. That the statement from the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam. All right, I'm going to take a pause from this unpleasantness because I want to get your newscast to you. And then after that, I want to talk to Rob Frost about some other issues going on in this country of which you are well aware. There have been some movement. There has been some developments uh, on the national stage as it pertains to border security and more. Rob Frost is going to join us to talk about that and also about the Lincoln Day dinner coming up next month. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Justice Warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 
Indeed it is. We continue now at 935 on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll come back to the uh, horrific stories uh, being told uh, around this country in various states uh, with respect to third trimester abortions in a bit. But let's take a, take a pause from that and talk about some positive things, including the 27th annual Lincoln Day Dinner that's going to be coming up next month uh, in Independence uh, featuring... Uh, the Honorable Senator Rob Portman, uh, he is going to be the keynote speaker at the event uh, held now for, again, as I say, 27 years by the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County. The chairman of that party, of course, is our friend Rob Frost. Good morning, Bob. Good morning to you. So, uh, first first of all, are you staying warm? <laughs> yes, and how about you? Are you keep it warm through this? little cold snap here you know it's a couple of days of cold and people are acting like we were in uh the blizzard of 78 or something it's uh it's really an amazing thing to me we live in northern ohio i think we can handle a couple of late, a couple of days of cold to keep your businesses open and go to your go to work go to your do your jobs i don't think anybody is going to be uh you know i'm not saying i'm not saying walk to walk to walk to work uh, 15 miles in shorts right. and and in flip-flops uh dress appropriately but uh, we're going to survive uh robert uh let's and, uh, and, and thank you, Bob, uh, let me just say at the outset, for what you're doing uh, to shed light on these late-term abortions and for you continuing to carry the pro-life message uh, day in and day out on your show. Well, th- I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think, you know, it's 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 becoming a... There's a tipping point, I think, that we're reaching in this country right now. We've all, there's always been, you know, obviously a battleground for pro-life and pro-choice uh, or pro-abortionists. We ever since 1973, and maybe even before that. But, but boy, oh boy, the extremities now, the extreme uh, stances being taken by uh, by the pro-choice movement uh, all across this country. As I'm saying, New York and Virginia, and it's going to Illinois, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, are all states that are considering these things now. Rob, uh, it, it's almost like you know they follow the lead of uh, of the of the big dog. Which is New York, and it's really an extreme position, and I and I and I cannot understand why suddenly they're they're so supportive of third trimester, late up to and after birth abortions, other than they're trying to make uh, maybe earlier um, you know earlier abortions in the gestational process uh, seem tame by comparison, and thus nobody will you know people will stop complaining about those. I suppose, uh, it, but it is it's a terrible and extreme position that uh, you're doing. Just wonderfully uh, keeping light on that, and uh, you know, big shift that is changing though in the favor of uh, our side of pro-life is recognizing the personhood of the fetus, recognizing the person of the, of the baby from conception. We start there with people. Uh, the whole discussion uh, is framed differently, and we can make real progress. Completely agree. Rob, let's talk about a couple of issues that are going to be addressed, I would imagine, by Senator Portman at the keynote address uh, for the Lincoln Day uh, uh, dinner. First of all, go ahead and give us the facts. I know we just heard a promo from you in which you were talking about February 21st, but go ahead and lay out the Lincoln Day dinner. And then I want to ask you a few questions about uh, another issue with extreme positions being taken. And, of course, that would be the border situation that I know Senator Portman is eager to address. Right. Well, it's pretty clear we need to get the border wall built. And uh, we had a shutdown for uh, the longest in, in U.S. history, for 36 days. Uh, but that shutdown ended. Uh, the president uh, clearly acknowledged, well, the shutdown wasn't working. Uh, the Democrats weren't willing to uh, to enter into constructive negotiations. And so now he's leaving it to Congress. They've, they've got three weeks handed to them to try to sort this out. And if they don't, uh, then the president can declare a national emergency Yes, there'll be a lawsuit filed, but uh, what can you do that's positive these days that the left won't file a lawsuit on you? Uh, but the person at the center of the discussion is both during the shutdown trying to get it resolved and now during the period is Ohio Senator to the United States Senate, Rob Portman. 
Uh, he's key to these discussions. Uh, he is trying to work uh, to get us uh, the, the solution that we need, solving border security, putting real dollars on that, getting the physical barrier built, getting the wall built, uh, and also uh, addressing real uh, common-sense immigration reform. Uh, but, you know, Democrats, I don't know that, uh, that they're making much progress because Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, uh, they don't really want to hear it. They've dug their heels in. And uh, so soon, that will either you know, happen or it'll be taken off the table. But that time period, Bob, is going to—we could be happier about the date of our dinner because it's coming right after the, the end of that. It's going to be a very key time to hear from Senator Portman. He's going to be in with us on Thursday, February 21st, at the Holiday Inn in Rockside, as you mentioned. And to come out here from him, uh, and a lot's going to change between now and February 21st to get that update. And to talk about that uh, and hear from him uh, firsthand here in Calgary County, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you should be, and I think all Republicans should be, and really all people who are concerned with national security and national sovereignty should be excited about that too. Uh, and 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 you're right, and so is he, of course. Uh, they had their first, uh, you know, conference committee on this yesterday, and the uh, initial proposal by the Democrats uh, contained exactly zero point zero dollars for a border barrier. Right. Now, again, the president has right. come off of the word wall. He's come off of concrete. He's gone to slats, or he's gone to fencing. He's gone to barriers, whatever it is, so that the Democrats can save face and say we didn't let him build a wall and they won't even allow that are they that afraid of their base rob frost uh, that uh, that they won't even secure the border which which is probably i think within the oath of office that they have all taken to protect america and protect americans they won't even secure the border if it means that might anger their base right they are too afraid of their base meanwhile i'm proud to stand with the president proud to stand with the republicans in congress on the side of the american people uh, we need to protect our borders uh, we need to ensure our border security and our national security. And so, yeah, it's a shame that uh, the shutdown didn't work. It's a shame they didn't get the progress uh, made on, on this issue. And it doesn't look like they made much yesterday. But I'll cast my lot any time uh, with protecting the American people and protecting this country and the greatness of this nation. That's what the president has done. And so kind of box the, the Democrats in. If that's the position they want to take, uh, if that is the position that uh, those Democrats uh, you know, jockeying for position to be the nominee in 2020 on their side want to take is that they're against uh, law and order, they're against uh, the rights of the American people in favor of illegal immigrants being able to flow into this country unchecked, be able to abuse our system of asylum and <coughs> temporary uh, protective uh, status. That's what they want to do, is, is the abuse of the system as it exists when all involved, whatever their political position can say, the immigration system is broken. That's where they want to cast their lot, and so be it. We can have this negotiation. Three weeks from now, the president is able to solve it anyway, and then uh, they will have lost all their leverage. Uh, we'll move forward, and I think politically, uh, the Republicans uh, will be on the right side of history in this, and we're going to see that come out clearly. Uh, so that's that's where we are. Now, part of this, what happened here, is we saw the shutdown didn't work, and typically they really don't. I mean, everybody digs their heels in, and then everybody gives a little, and no one's happy. It's something Senator Portman has proposed since he got to the Senate, but now he has a majority of Republicans in the Senate with him on this, co-sponsoring, uh, is a bill to ban shutdown. Uh, it is a unique approach. I think it would be helpful. I think it would be more productive for our legislature uh, in Washington, D.C., to do what it's there to do, uh, to take responsibility for those uh, for these issues. And I, I want to hear from the senator about that as he comes in. Uh, we're putting out this morning uh, some media that, that Senator Portman has been out there talking about this bill that he is proposing. 
I'm looking forward to reading some of that media, Rob. We're talking to Rob Frost, who is the chairman of the Republican Party of Calga County, and we are talking about Senator Rob Portman being the keynote speaker at the annual um, uh, uh, Lincoln Day Dinner, which is coming up next month on February 21st. We'll hit the details on that again in a moment. Uh, but but can, can you give me a, a bit of a thumbnail sketch about what it would mean to ban government shutdowns? What if we do get to a place of, um, you know, of, of impasse, obviously, when uh, the two sides cannot agree on spending bills or spending priorities and limits and so on and so forth, and they just don't have the votes? How does the government operate, um, you know, w- without that guaranteed funding? Sure, what it does, the, the real thumbnail, the uh, briefest way to put it is uh, it continues uh, the current spending levels for four months, and then it starts to uh, kind of gradually take them down. It's kind of like increasing the pressure rather than going to, we're just shut down on day one. <laughs> From day one, there was a clock that starts ticking, and then four months in, uh, that clock starts winding down. The sand starts filtering out of the hourglass, uh, where you, you get to your, your spending going lower. You, you don't then go to where you're just shut down with only uh, necessary services being provided where you could really endanger the health, safety, and welfare of, the, of people, whether it comes to air traffic controllers or other necessary services and that. And uh, I think it's a good proposal. It is designed and built to really force discussion in the Congress uh, that, uh, that the senators, that the, the members of the House, they have to work on this issue and get it solved before uh, that time runs out. Uh, yeah, you can get them down to the details about what if at the end of that, um, but I think uh, that's where uh, Senator Portman has been very open to working with the senators, uh, particularly the majority, but uh, working with both sides. Let's figure out the what if, but at least this is going to give them a much more constructive uh, dialogue they can have, a much better structure in which to solve these funding impasses. Yeah, I, I completely concur. Uh, you do need a starting point there, and you do need something like this to, uh, to to head that off. And you're right there. You know, it doesn't answer everything at the end of all of that, but it gives us opportunities. I completely agree. Rob, do you um you, you mentioned a few moments ago? You know, at the end of the three weeks of spending, now now the Democrats have lost all control. They have lost all leverage because now the president can go ahead and act. And I assume you're referring to a de- declaration of national emergency and an ordering of. Uh, right. Uh, of the building of the wall by the Army Corps of Engineers with with military funding, defense funding, et cetera, which we all have been right. discussing. Are you in favor of that if uh, if it comes down to it? Uh, and and do you think Senator Portman is in favor of that? Well, I'm in favor of it. I, I haven't asked the senator his opinion on that. I think, again, this is why it would be very interesting to have him in. This may mm-hmm. be where it's headed, and, and I want to hear from him directly on that one. But, uh, I, you know, I know that... Uh, Senator Portman wants to push building the wall. If we need to say barrier or slack or anything else that the Democrats they face, that's fine. But he supports building the barrier. Uh, he supports uh, improving our border security, as does our Republican delegation from Ohio and the U.S. So we need to get that done. And the president has the ability to declare that national emergency. And, uh, you know, if that then has to come through the courts, so some district court out on the left coast, uh, besides the, uh, you know, enter an injunction and, uh, and restrain the president from doing that, we take it up through the court systems on an expedited basis. That's going to be a lot more productive than just uh, sitting around waiting for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi to, to agree to something they've told us they're never going to agree to. Uh, yeah, I, I, the only way forward. Mm-hmm. Take that issue off the table. 
Yeah, I completely concur. I, I, I support, I hope it's a legislative solution. I was talking to, um, uh, someone about this yesterday. I hope that we can get government to, to work and I hope we can get the Congress to work and I hope the Democrats will stop being so obstinate and actually agree to do what their oath of office says they have to do, which is protect and preserve this country. Um, because if we do end up having to go the national emergency and ex- executive order way, uh, as we know, the next executive, should the president, uh, not be reelected or even if he is reelected after six years, all of that can be undone by another executive. So I would prefer to get it done congressionally, but it is nice to have that kind of, uh, pardon the use of the phrase, but that trump card in our pockets uh, that the president does have. He does have an alternative. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And and let me make clear, I prefer that as well. I I support if that's the way we need to get it done in three weeks, then fine. But we need to find a legislative solution. That's the better route. And that's why I think while the president could have declared a national emergency back in December, we wouldn't have had a shutdown. I think he made the right move uh, of giving it some time. And uh, we could see where the shutdown was going, that, that there had been no real progress made. Uh, so that's when it was time to pull the plug on that and say, fine, you know what? We're going to have government back in business. We're going to be operating again. Um, you all will then have some time to see if you can uh, figure this thing out the way that you should. Uh, but if you don't, you know, we gave it a shot. We gave the Congress uh, the opportunity to do their jobs. Republicans there are doing their job. Rob Portman is doing his job. Uh, but, you know, if, if they won't, if the Democrats won't come, try to work uh, together and make a workable deal, uh, then this is the only way that, the, that it can go forward. So Rob- it, it's going to be uh, an interesting three weeks here and beyond. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Rob Frost is the chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, joining us this morning. Hey, Rob, before you go, briefly, um, what's your take, because everybody has one, about a third-party independent run from the likes of Howard Schultz? What do you think you would do to the 2020 race between the eventual Democrat nominee, uh, President Trump, and uh, and a third-party individual like him? Well, I feel confident in President Trump's ability to get reelected, and, and I'm not really worried about what leftists the Democrats are going to put up or what other liberal might jump into race as an independent. Uh, it certainly doesn't help the Democrats, but I'm confident already that we're going to deliver Ohio. Uh, the president is still strong here, very strong politically. And the more the Democrats want to uh, draw this type of contrast that they're doing on the border wall and other issues, uh, the more I feel even, even greater confidence that we'll not only reelect the president, but we'll take back the United States House, keep our strong majority in the United States Senate, and get things moving forward here again. So if Howard Schultz wants to get in, um, you know, that's, that's I guess, his prerogative here. Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to go very far towards winning. I think it's an, a bit of an ego trip. Uh, he doesn't seem to have a real plan in place or a lot of support for what I guess he would want to be his base. But uh, that's not my concern. My concern is us getting behind our president, getting him nominated again. Uh, securing that and, and moving on forward with the United Republican Party, ready to reelect the president and uh, take back control of the United States House. Rob Frost joining us. Uh, Rob, once again, let me hit this uh, the event. Uh, it's yeah. the 27th annual Lincoln Day Dinner. It's Thursday, the 21st of February at the Holiday Inn South in Independence with Rob Portman as the keynote speaker. Rob, how can people get tickets to the dinner? So I want to thank... Uh, WHK 1420, the answer for being a sponsor of this event. Uh, we're, we're really looking forward, Bob, to having you out at the dinner. To get information, uh, you can go to Cuyahoga County, GOP.com. Uh, you can get your tickets, buy tables, sponsorships. We've got a resource guide that our members take home uh, from that dinner uh, that advertisers can uh, can put an ad in. All of that information 
is at Cuyahoga County, GOP.com, or give us a call today down at headquarters at 216-621-5415. We'd be glad to welcome you, whether you're a member of the county party right now, whether you're just a voting Republican looking to get involved and help us uh, reelect the president next year, uh, or whether you're uh, a new Republican, somebody who's never been to a Republican event before, this would be a great one to come out and make it your first event. Come on out on February 21st. Go to CuyahogaCountyGOP.com for all the details. That's what we needed to hear. Rob Frost, uh, the chairman of the Republican Party, Cuyahoga County. Rob, always a pleasure ch- uh, chatting with you. Thanks so much for the information. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon. You got it. There's Rob Frost joining us. It's 9.52 now. Let's catch up on our traffic and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, nine fifty six. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to um, share just a little bit of information about the question I keep asking our guests, and that of course, I haven't addressed this on my program yet. And that is the fact that uh, billionaire Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz is uh, angering Democrats everywhere by presenting himself perhaps as a viable option to an extreme leftist uh, and opposed to the president of the United States, Donald Trump. I am seriously thinking of running for president. I will run as a centrist independent outside of the two-party system. The left hates this because he himself is a lifelong Democrat. He's a lifelong liberal Democrat who doesn't think that an extreme leftist Democrat, and there's the difference, a little bit of a difference between liberalism and leftism, but that the extremists you know, that have taken over the party, the Kamala Harris's and the Elizabeth Warren's and the, uh, the uh, not Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez can't run for president, of course, she's only 29 years old, but her mindset, seems to be kind of sweeping through the Democrat Party right now. This Democrat socialist type thing is going through. Schultz doesn't believe that a far-left extremist Democrat can beat Donald Trump. He said a more moderate Democrat like himself could do it. And that's why he is kind of leaving the Democrat Party, he says. When did you stop being a Democrat? You know, I think I started, I think the party started losing me uh, when the party started shifting so far left to progressive policies that I know in my heart are as false, and I I, I say this with respect, but it's true, as false as President Trump telling the American people when he was running for president that the Mexicans were going to pay for the wall. Why you, Howard Schultz? Why are you the person that you think can oust President Trump from the White House without any party infrastructure, any party backing? and a ton of blowback from Democrats. Well, I think people are, are worried, and I understand that, that potentially this could end up re- re-electing Donald Trump. I don't believe that. So let me read you some of the blowback. Yeah. You've read it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Actually, I'm going to pause that there to just uh, to hear a little bit more from uh, Howard Schultz, the Starbucks CEO, who says he does agree with Republicans and President Trump on one very key issue. Immigration. I'm interested in what you would do and what you would propose as president for the roughly 11 million undocumented immigrants currently in this country, not just the dreamers. What would you do? First off, I agree with the Republicans completely that we need strict, stiff 
border security. But not, but not, a not with a wall, which is insanity. So I agree. I also agree. I'll stop there, because, again, that's the limit of his agreement with the president. Strict, stiff border security. But then again, he called the wall insanity. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, who, would, who would build a wall to protect your country from, a, from, a, from an invading force? I don't know. Look around the globe and look at how many that are actually up, let alone localities, individual communities with gates and so on and so forth. Yeah, right. Barriers, they don't stop anyone, do they? Howard Schultz is a very interesting and kind of enigmatic character. I'm going to be featuring him a lot more and a lot more of his commentary on the program as we go uh, because uh, he matters. He's got the kind of influence and the kind of money to matter, especially in a third-party race. And quite frankly, the more it angers and upsets the left, the more I want to spotlight him. All right, so we'll uh, talk more about that coming up. But next, after the the top-of-the-hour newscast, back to the unsettling issue of abortion on demand up until and including the moment of birth. Abby Johnson, former Planned Parenthood director turned pro-life activist, will be joining me next here on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 